The role of customer success and revenue leaders changes rapidly, both over time, company to company. Yet one common thread remains growing revenue, whether from new customers, retention, or expansion. In this episode of Customer Led, I interview two revenue leaders on what it takes to truly build CS into a revenue driver. We also talked about the evolution of customer success and whether it should be split from sales or merged altogether. First, I ask Ella, Chief Customer Officer at Conversica, what the evolution of customer success has looked like for her. If you went back in the day at the origin story of success, you would get 10 different complete profiles when someone says success. It might be actually a salesperson in success clothes that was really just trying to drive sort of upsell, or it might be like a support leader who is just thinking about support, CSAT, and those elements. I think that it has evolved and by no means is it consistent across the board yet, but I see an evolution sort of looking at me as I own retention and I own expansion. And I see that more and more across my peers where the CCO isn't under the revenue, like the chief revenue officer, because they have a completely different sort of remit at the table. The difference from previously when it was really adoption driving is that now there's a number associated with a CCO. And so truly having kind of a command of what does it take to build scale, be predictable, talk about it predictably, share the results, all of that is more and more a required skill set of a CCO. In my prior role at Clary, you know, we saw a lot of companies that had a CRO. And to your to your point, I'm not sure that CRO was really chief revenue officer. It was a VP of sales with a new title. That differentiation is really, really critical. Because a true CRO is somebody that understands the life cycle of revenue from top of funnel, demand gen, all the way through to efficient and durable revenue management. You have customers that you need to be monitoring the cost to serve, period. If you've got a customer under a 50K ARR contract and you are surround sounding them with high value resources and you don't have a clear path to turning that $50,000 customer into something significantly bigger, that customer profitability, that cost to serve, that overall kind of durability of that revenue is going to be in jeopardy. And so I think you've really, really got to think about the CRO role as somebody who's going to holistically look at revenue from early stages to the long-term sustainment of that customer and ultimately revenue. For folks in the CS side, that maybe have trepidation or a little worry around living under the revenue organization, I would challenge it, right? There's nothing, especially in today's current economic landscape, there's nothing more insulating than being a contributing factor to the most important metric right now, which is the revenue of your organization. The softer sides of things right now, frankly, are at risk. Like those are the parts of the business that are being heavily scrutinized and they're being scrutinized in service of focusing attention on the things that have direct revenue in, impact and influence. Man, oh man, like you got to focus your attention on what do we do in the CS motion and org that has direct accountability and attachment to revenue outcomes. I like that. When you think about your future career, if you want to be equipped to step into the go-to-market organization or be a CR one day or be a CCO that has big budgets, that has a seat at the executive table, that has the respect of the CRO, CEO, CFO, which we all know there's a lot of CS leaders that talk very publicly that they don't get that respect. What are the three things that they can go do to put themselves in the right position? The number one thing I would say is 
be conscious of the dynamics of your organization and focus on measurable metrics that all have relevance to revenue. In my organization, I have solution architects, I have compliance advisors, I have customer success managers, I have implementation consultants, I have account managers. Every one of those roles, I need to be able to point back and say, how does this role either impact the retention of revenue or the expansion of revenue? Because if I can't equate those two things, I'm not going to be able to speak the narrative that's relevant to the durability, efficiency, and growth of revenue. I'm going to be speaking in terms of ticket volumes and consultation requests. And those are not things that I can then tie back to saying, hey, last quarter, we saw 70 customers where we had mitigated churn. And of those 70, 50, we had direct solution architecture engagement on, and we saw a material impact in terms of their health score and the mitigation of churn on those renewals. At that point, that solution architecture role has direct accountability back to a revenue outcome, whether it's either opening up an expansion opportunity or truly mitigating a risk through their engagement in the process. Before we transition to number 10, yeah. I want to ask a quick follow-up question on that. How do you track that? Because a lot of CS leaders tell me they track things and I say, show them, show them, pull up, pull up your tool, pull up your customer success platform, your CRM, and they're not really tracking it at all. And if they are, they've created a process to track, but there's resistance because it's such a manual effort that no one actually ends up doing it. So what is the process that you put out and how do you get that adopted? This kind of like feeds into maybe the second one I would say, which is like be a student of the systems of record that drive the efficiency and impact of your organization. So whether it's CS platform you're using, whether it's your knowledge of your CRM, whether it's integrations with collaboration tools like Teams or Slack, like you've got to make sure that wherever the points of entry are for how your team is engaged, you've got a way to drive back to the source of record for revenue. So for example, we have a lot of ad hoc engagement on Slack. We've got a project right now where we're taking that ad hoc engagement and we're building a workflow in Slack so that when a sales engineer or a sales rep reaches out to one of my solution architects, and they get into a thread and there's time allocated back and forth, but there's advice being given, this, that, or the other, they can take that thread and attach it as a consultation against the opportunity. Because now I can take that logged activity and I can now equate it to an outcome. Did that deal close? If it did, did it close at a higher ARR than deals where we don't have our solution architects involved? Did it close faster? than deals where my solution architect was involved? Did it close for a multi-year term? So maybe the customer had a higher degree of confidence in the partnership because of that technical consultation. Like I've got to equate it back. If I just put it in a spreadsheet as a pre-sales touch, I can't garnish anything from that. I can't go back and equate their engagement to a material impact. You've got to think about what are your systems of record? How are you driving accountability and adherence to your process such that at the end of a given month, quarter, year, you can look back and say, this is what we did. This is what we touched. This was the outcome of our engagement. I like that. What's the last one before we transition to the next question? Speak the language of revenue. It's super, super important. CS leaders and revenue leaders are like two ships passing in the night with their verbiage, with their terminology, the metrics that they speak about. If you're a CS leader and you live in the world of CSAT and MPS, customer health, and all, great. Equate those narratives to revenue. Speak the language of how the bell curve of your MPS equates to retention, equates to expansion pipeline generation, 
equates to sales cycle time. Do you close expansion deals faster in your healthy accounts than in your not as healthy accounts? Is your ASP, your average sales price, higher on renewal in your healthy customers or your high MPS customers than in your low MPS customers? Like you've got to be able to equate your metrics of management to the central metrics of management for revenue. And if you can do that beyond the CRO, this is board level stuff. At that point, the metrics of management coming out of the CS organization become relevant to the metrics of revenue. And I think that that is massively critical for any CS professional. Traditionally in SaaS, CROs are one of the main go-to-market leaders that have a hard quota. Hit that number or you're out. CROs, for the first time, need to rely on customer success more than ever to hit their number. And that's a new relationship. What are the things that maybe you did that put you in a better position for that? I was lucky to have my career start at Oracle and transition into Salesforce and move into Clary and... Yeah, I ran a, a very large renewals organization at Terranata. So I was lucky in my career to get immersed into some of these workflows of revenue. And so just by default, through osmosis and, and job responsibilities, I became understanding of the pressures and velocity and demands of the revenue side of the business. But I would say anybody who maybe hasn't come up through that lane, lean in on it. And what I mean by lean in on it is understand those personas, understand the role of the seller, understand how they are measured and managed, be uh, aware of their OKRs, be aware of their KPIs, understand how that persona is being measured and start to bridge how they are measured against how you are measured. And if you feel like the connective tissue between those two things are missing, be the catalyst for change. Be the person who says, I'm going to try to better understand how health equates to long-term expansion over a three-year horizon. I am going to understand how in our customer cohort, where we see downseller churn, I am going to run the retro analysis to see if there are correlations around how our CS team is engaged or how that customer engages on our community. Maybe there's a correlation between community activity and retention. Because I can guarantee you, the sales team is probably not thinking that way. So you need to be the one that thinks that way. And when you do, you will turn on a light bulb that likely has never been lit. And in doing so, you will change the perspective of that organization around how they view CS being in service of revenue. The market that we're in, you're growing so much more of your revenue through your customers. And that may sound obvious, but a lot of the obvious aspects of it is because new business sales teams are struggling. So the definition of the, let's call it a chief commercial officer for argument's sake, the job description kind of revolves around someone who understands the entire customer lifetime value. One way for customer success to be a part of revenue is to simply put them under the same team as the sales organization, creating a single go-to-market team. But that may not always be the right move. I asked Ella today for her perspective on that. They're separate but equal, for sure. And I would go so far as to offer that there'll probably always be healthy and almost necessary friction between sales and success. And so one of the reasons where I have seen it be separate is you truly want someone who owns as like sort of almost like the shareholder value of a renewal and the health and growth of that existing customer. And you can see it 
sometimes where you have a salesperson who they're quota driven about getting a net new sale and they might be pretty okay, like sacrificing or having a discount on a renewal so they have an opportunity to win something over here, which might not actually be great for the company or the shareholder value of the company. So I would say that almost any structure would work. I have no particular religion about this, just to be clear. What's required is alignment and making sure that people really understand their remit, why they're doing it, and that there's a leadership and an incentive and policies and procedures and a common why so that people really understand why and where and what they work with. As long as the hierarchy of need with the customer is in there in one way or another, in a very ascendant way, you're good. Mm -hmm.